I should have been in a hospital room somewhere, but he's been better than good to me. You should be in my memorial service right now, but he's been better than good to me. I should have lost my mind by now, but he's been better than good to me. I should feel defeated, but hallelujah, he's been better than good to me. Therefore, I say thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Hallelujah, Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah, even right now in this morning, Lord, we just say thank you, Lord, because you've been so good to us. Hallelujah, you've opened doors for us and you've made ways for us, Lord, and you've been so good. Therefore, we say thank you. We give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we give you the praise. Hallelujah, right now in Jesus' name. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 This morning, definitely, we begin to reflect upon how good God has been to us. Man, I was looking at my calendar and just realizing how far we've come, how close we are. And I was looking ahead and putting down some notes for things that are about to happen. And it struck me when it said December 1st. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, we've come this far. But we're thankful and we're grateful for how far we've made it. Somebody got to a point in 2023 where you wondered if you were going to make it. I wish I had some witnesses out there. You wonder, this situation looks like it's going to take me out. I wish I had my witnesses in here this morning. But some way, somehow, they've made it to this point. And this is a time, this is an opportunity where we're just grateful and we're, we're thankful. Not that we're not thankful at any moment, but when we get right here at this point of the year, we begin to reflect on this year and, and what we've gone through and what, what, how we made it over. But some way, somehow, God allowed us to be here in this moment. And we say, Lord, we thank you. We give you the glory, Lord. We give you the honor, Lord, for, for those obstacles that we couldn't see our way over. But somehow God brought us over anyway. Those sicknesses and trials that we didn't know how we were going to come out of, but some way, somehow God brought us through that anyway. So for that, Lord, we just say thank you. Oh, come on, put those hands together one more time. Lord, we say thank you. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you for this moment, for this time. Hallelujah. And I thank God for each and every one of you who've come to share with us this morning. Amen. Point at somebody next to you or near you and say, I thank God for you. Amen. Indeed, I thank God for each and every one of you who come to share with us on this morning. And we pray God's choices, blessings upon you all. We pray that God bless you and keep you wherever you are. And we're thankful that you've come to share with us on this morning. I know that God has been good to you because you're here. You look good. You look like you're in your right mind. And you have the decency to know that the place where I ought to be on this morning is in God's house, giving him the glory, the honor, and the praise for everything that he has done for me. This morning, we're going to go to the word of the Lord. We're going to John, the sixth chapter, and we'll be looking at the first 12 verses of John. Again, that's St. John, chapter 6, and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 12. 
I'm excited about what God has to share with us on this morning. We're going to give you our version of the Thanksgiving message, I guess, uh, today. And we're excited about our new series that we're going to close the year with, that we're going to start to share starting on next week. So many of you I'm glad to see on this morning. Praise God for Mother June Taylor being in the house. Oh, my goodness. And she's in her seat. That way I can see her when I'm preaching. <laughs> Praise God for her. So many get ill and get sick and, and go home and some don't recover. And then others recover, but they just don't feel like coming back to church. We're not going to call any names. <laughs> but she's here in God's house giving him the glory, the honor, and the praise. Come on, let's give her another hand. It's a blessing to see her in this house on this morning. It's a blessing to see each of you, amen, because we know God has been blessing you. Again, that's St. John chapter 6, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 12. If you have that, say amen. Amen. From the English Standard Version, it reads like this. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. Chapter, verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their field, he told the disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. Heavenly Father, Lord, touch our hearts, our minds, our spirit, our ears, Lord, in this moment, Lord, to this destiny moment, Lord, where you are speaking into our lives, giving us directions and instructions as to where you would desire us to go. Lord, allow your word to warm and fill our hearts, Lord, to push us towards your promises, to illuminate the path of destiny that you have designed for us. Lord, let that word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Most of all, Lord, from this moment, let us not leave unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I want to talk to you for a few moments uh, on today, and we're discussing really giving thanks. We're going to talk about being thankful and being grateful and being blessed. Thankful, grateful, and blessed. And do we truly give thanks in all things? That was the commandment of our Lord and Savior. He said, giving thanks always in all things, for this is the will of God through Christ Jesus concerning you. How we learn to give thanks. Well, in terms, first of all, I, I wanted to break it down to how we learn to give thanks. Just as human beings, 
not even necessarily as it relates to the Bible or being a Christian. Most of us learn to give thanks because our parents taught us. They taught us to be thankful. They taught us to say thank you. They taught us to appreciate when somebody gives us something. Uh, we're now in the midst of a generation where I feel those lessons might have been lost. Because my mama taught me, and she's in the house. Thank God for my mom, Brenda Christmas. She taught me to say thank you. As a child, when I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't understand. That means gratefulness and thankfulness is not natural. You don't naturally give thanks. You don't naturally appreciate what other people do. That's something that has to be taught. Your parents have to teach you that when someone gives you something, you say thank you. And you hear these parents giving these lessons even as they are taught. It's like, what do you say when somebody gives you something? You say thank you. That it becomes ingrained in your mindset. It becomes ingrained to your mindset to you just can't help it. It becomes automatic. When someone hands you something, you say thank you. When somebody get, opens a way for you or offers you a seat, you say thank you. When somebody opens the door for you, you say thank you. Even the minuscule things that people do, you say thank you because that's how you have been taught. But even having taught, there's, there's being taught to say thank you. And there's a difference between being taught to say thank you and being thankful. There's a, there's a difference. Because just because you do something automatically doesn't mean you have a mindset to be thankful. Because what the parents are doing, they're teaching you how you should respond when you're thankful, even though you're too young to understand what being thankful means. So you might have all of the, you might have on the outside, you might display being thankful, but thankful requires a mindset. Your mind has to have been triggered. Your mind has to have been changed. You have to have a change of heart on the inside to truly be thankful. When I say I, I'm thankful, that means I'm appreciative of what someone has done for me. I'm appreciative for what I have. I'm appreciative of where I am right now. I'm talking about being thankful. That means I appreciate what I have right now. And many of us, it's not that we're th not thankful. It's that we don't take the time to be thankful. Because I told you, thankfulness is connected to mindfulness. We say when we think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for us, you know, we cry out hallelujah. We, we, we're, we, we show it on, we, we express how thankful we are on the inside, but it requires mindfulness. That means I have to take the time to be thankful. I have to take the time to think of where I am. And then when I juxtapose where I am to where I have been, <laughs> that, that, that makes me, me thankful because we all have to have a past. We all have to have a history to, to really be thankful. That's why that your two-year-old child, he can't, he can't really be thankful because he doesn't really have a past 
to be thankful for, or he doesn't even remember what happened in his past to be thankful. And it, it, it's interesting that my, my son came and he was sharing uh, with the, during the choir and while the praise team was going forth because he had things to be thankful for before he could even remember. I wish you were here with me. Remember to be thankful, to remember to even express his thanks. He, he didn't always know when, and, and his mom would, would sit there with tears in his eyes when, when he would have to go back for surgeries. And, and he was too young, and he didn't even know the, the importance of what they were working on. They were having to operate on his head and do things inside his head to, to make sure that he had what he needed. And oftentimes, we just hold his hand and, and cry, and oftentimes, he would not cry. He would just smile, and we'd say he, he'd be okay, and he had an attitude even then that, that it's as if he knew he would be okay, even though he didn't appreciate what he was dealing with. He had surgery as a, as a newborn baby. The day he was born, he had to go and have surgical procedures. By, by the time he was two and three years old, he had had multiple procedures. And, but yet, as he grew older and we began to tell him about what he went through, he began to reflect and say, thank you. Lord, I, 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 I thank you. I, I did not understand it at the time. I did not appreciate it at the time. But Lord, I just say, thank you. And when I begin to realize that it's not just him, but it's us, sometimes we don't understand how much jeopardy we're truly in. While, while, while we're, we're in the hospital or while we're, we, we, we experience the, the dangers of the, of the day, while we're on the road and God is arranging things in our lives and we don't even know what's happening, sometimes we don't appreciate how much danger we're in. But when we get a chance, we ought to look back and say, Lord, Lord, I... I thank you. I thank you. Remember, it wasn't a few years ago when I was traveling to Mount Juliet and I was on my way to work. And that morning, I, it was all, I, I was in a good routine. I had gotten up early and, and I, I should have been leaving on time. But for some reason, I was held up that day and I could not find my keys. Now, my, my, my family will tell you, I, I have a habit. I rarely lose my keys because when I get home, I always put them in the same place. But for some reason that day, the day before, I had not put them in the same place. So I'm going around searching for my keys. It took me about 15 minutes to find them. And when I finally found them, I leave, and I'm still at a pace where I should be on time for work, but I'm about 15 minutes behind where I would have been. I get on, I get on 840, and I'm, I'm headed... I'm headed north on, on 840, and I'm, I'm, I'm about to get to the point where it, it, it crosses onto 40, and, and, and I'm about there, I'm about two miles away, and all of a sudden, the traffic had come to a complete stop. I get to the complete stop, and then, I'm so, of course, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. If I hadn't lost my keys, I would have been past this already. But then I get there and I find out there was a horrific conjuncture of, of a wreck where several, several, on the confluence of 840 and 40, several, it had been a little damp that morning, and several vehicles had slid and come together right at that juncture, a juncture that I was about to get off. Didn't think much about it, went on to school, frustrated, upset, late, and then when I got a moment in the day when I was about to, got, got a little time for my lunch in my room, I'm looking, and then I look at my phone, and it tells me the exact time that the accident happened. 
And when I looked at it, I said, Lord, I would have been right there. That's exactly in that moment, at that time frame. Had I left on time, I would have been right there. So then I had to relieve that, that frustration and anger that I had on my faith, Brother Chuck. I had to get that out of my attitude, and I just had to say, Lord, thank you. When I didn't see it, when I didn't understand it, when I didn't under appreciate how much peril I would have been in, I, I had to reflect back and say, Lord, I just, I just want to say, so what does thankful, thankfulness emanate when it comes to mindfulness? It comes to having an experience with God where you begin to appreciate what he's done. It's not just saying thank you because the, the preacher said it or, or saying thank you or raising your hand because the minister asked you to but, or, or, or saying thank you because you see other people doing it, but it's having a relationship and having an experience with God that triggers that inward because that means you're not thankful just for that moment, but you begin to learn to live thankful. You wake up thankful. You walk around thankful. The thing about it is thankfulness becomes a shield to you because all of the negative things that are coming against you in that moment, you can't allow it to pierce your thankfulness to God. I woke up and the next time I couldn't find my keys, I just said, Lord, I thank you. The next time I left a little later than I wanted to leave, I said, Lord, I thank you. And every time I passed that little junction, Sister Venus, I said, Lord, I, I thank you. And then when I sat in my little moment at, at, at lunch, when I had discovered what had happened, I had to say it again, Lord, I, I, I thank you. I began to learn to live Thankful because of my experience with God, and I don't have, we don't have time for all of your testimonies, but I came to tell somebody, each of you have had an experience where you have been touched by the hand of God, and every time you reflect upon that experience, somewhere in your heart and your mind, you ought to say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. And in our text today, that's exactly, not only did the people experience, but it's something that the disciples themselves experienced. Jesus set it up. Jesus began to start the narrative. Jesus began to make them appreciate in that moment what was about to happen. The way that he did it, he set it up by talking his disciples. He said, now where can we go to find some bread? He's setting it up. He's, he's letting them know. He's, he, he's starting the narrative right there. He wants them to, he's setting up his miracle. He's setting up how, how awesome the thing is that he's about to do. He's, say, he's making them appreciate it in their minds by asking them some questions. Even when he knew exactly what was about to happen, he asked them the question. He said, what, where can we find bread so that these people may he said this to Philip to test him. And Philip answered him, 200 denarii. He said, as much money as you can think of. Each denarii represented a day's worth of labor. So when, I don't know how much you make each day, but he's saying you can multiply that times 200. And it still won't be enough to feed all of these people. 
That's what he's saying. He, he, he's talking about how difficult it'll be to find bread. He's talking about how expensive it is to find bread. And then later they talk about because of the time of day and because of how far we are away from the stores, we don't even have time to go find bread to buy for these people. But yet Jesus, that's what I love about the Lord. He doesn't think about how hard it is when you need something. I want you to get that. My, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. He doesn't consider how difficult it is when you need something. Now, you know you do. You think about how hard it is. Somebody calls you and needs something. You begin to think about, well, it's late. And it's expensive. And I really don't feel like leaving my house. Come on, talk to me. You begin to think of all the reasons why you shouldn't do it because it's so difficult. Jesus doesn't think like that because he doesn't think according to what we have and what others have around us. He blesses us according to his, somebody say his riches, to his riches and glory. He also blesses us according to his ability to provide for us what we need. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipotent. He's all power. He's in every place. So he's not worried about what time of night it is. He's not worried about how far away it is. He's not worried about any of the limitations that we might have when we think about helping or blessing someone because our our extremities, dad would say, are God's opportunities. That's when God is making a point of blessing us in difficult places. Uh, I'm trying to help somebody because how many of you right now, you're in a difficult place? Oh, you don't have to raise your hand, but, but you and I are in a difficult place. But sometimes God arranges it so that you're in a difficult place so that you can't just reach out and get help from somebody else. He knows that at that point, you have to do like David. Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. I, you have to say, Lord, I look to the hill from which cometh my help because all of my help comes from you. I can't rely on someone else in this situation. You have put me here for a purpose so that I'll look to you to deliver me from what I'm going through. God has arranged. Somebody say God arranges. God arranges. And that's what Paul was saying in Romans 8 when he says all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, for them who are the called according to his purpose. God has arranged my very position because he knew if I got here, I'd call on him. I learned to call on him. And I learned that calling on him, he always comes through. God satisfies my needs. So even when I get there, because I know that God arranges things, I'm thankful in difficult places. Come on, I'm trying to teach you here. Remember, he said, giving thanks always for all things. I can thank God for being in difficult places because I know he's arranged where I am. Say that with me. Say, God arranged where I am. God knows where you are. He knows where you are. God didn't lose you. Your GPS loses you sometimes. God don't lose you. I told the story of my family. I think we were in Washington, D.C., and we, we were going all by GPS because I did not know where I was. 
And at the point where I needed the most, we go under a bypass. And it, and it splits like four ways. And I'm like, Lord Jesus. <laughs> and I choose one, Brother Ken. I chose wrong. <laughs> and then after I chose, it took me across this long bridge with no exits. I had to go all the way across the bridge, then try and turn around. Because when I needed it most, it was not there. But praise God that when I need him most. Songwriter said, just when I need him, just when I need him most, he's a very present help in the time of trouble. When I'm in that difficult situation, if nobody else is there, I know God is there. And sometimes we have to get to those difficult situations because you know what happens? We start relying on folks that we shouldn't have called anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to talk to him. We, we, we start relying on, on, on situations that we shouldn't have relied upon anyway, and we take a direct connection to God because we leave all of those other people out because they can't reach us. They can't reach us. They can't help us in that place. But the question becomes, then why do we waste our time reaching out to them when in more comfortable places? When we first should reach out to God, are you relying upon your own paycheck? You're relying upon your own credit. You're in a place where you feel like you can access it. So then you don't go to God. James teaches us that in everything, if God allows, if God permits, if God desires, we should first reach out to God. Because sometimes when we think we got it, that's when we get in trouble. Come on now. I'll raise my hand. You, you, you sit sedity and, and act like it hadn't happened to you. It's when we think we got this. Oh, I got this. That's when we step into trouble, and then you know what we do? Lord, help me. Some of us even have the audacity to say, Lord, why did you let me get here? That's, I didn't put you there. I didn't tell you to buy that. I didn't tell you to get in that relationship. I didn't tell you to make that commitment. You did that all by yourself because you thought you were grown. And you had access to. And the reason some of us aren't in more trouble than we could be is because we didn't have access to. Watch yourself. Some of y'all judging folks, and the only difference between you and them is they had access to. Y'all talking about Mike Tyson, he lost all them millions. You just didn't have access to. Come on now. Some of y'all talking about people sleeping around, but you might have done it too if you had access to. Come on, talk to me. Sometimes God, God keeps us together because we didn't have access to things that would have gotten us in trouble. So instead of judging other people, we ought to say, Lord, I thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Some of you being more messy, you just couldn't afford it. Y'all work that out with yourselves. <laughs> if you, some of you, if you had more money, you would have been in more trouble. The reason you didn't get in that trouble is because you didn't have access. Sometimes I say, Lord, thank you for blocking my access to things that would have got. Lord, thank you. That's why I say, Lord, thank you for closed doors. 
We like to shout and jump over open doors, but Lord, thank you for some closed doors. Because if there weren't some closed doors, I might have walked into some stuff that, and some mess that I couldn't have handled on my own. But Lord, thank you for closed doors, for keeping me in your way, for keeping you in my, in my path. Lord, I tell my wife we have this conversation a lot. I thank God for Larry Christman Sr. and Brenda Christman. Thank them for guiding me and keeping me. There are certain things that I didn't even know about because they helped protect me. Certain folks I, I, I couldn't deal with. If you didn't go to church, my parents didn't let me go out with folks. You better, it was Uncle Fred, not Sharon, some of my cousins, Missionary Rippy. There were certain folks that I, I could go out with because they wanted to make sure that whoever I went with was in the church, somebody that was saved. They were teaching me in that moment that you're going to be kept because you don't have access to certain things. And right now, I just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for my parents, for keeping me when I didn't have a mind to keep myself. And teaching me that having access to everything is not a good thing. I just say, Lord, I, I thank you. Disciples here, Jesus sets it up. He tells them what he's about to do. He, well, he knows what he's about to do, but he sets up the story. And, and i got to close here shortly. So he sins with him for, during Thanksgiving. Let me tell you something. I'm going to give you a, a few quick ones on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving means spending time with loved ones. And I might want to, to, to modernize loved ones, I might want to say the real ones. And some folks... <laughs> You know what I mean by, by real ones. Real ones are the folks that are really there for you. And doesn't always, doesn't always mean blood. It may, this may be folks that, that chose you. <laughs> oh, it's different when folks choose you. Oh, you're not going to talk to me. That's a whole sermon by itself. I'll preach that later. But, but, but when people choose to be your friend, choose to be in your circle, choose to be in your life, I'm talking about those are the people that you really want to spend a holiday of thankfulness with. It says here that Jesus, he, he, he didn't go with the, the masses that he usually had. But in this moment, he's spending time with those who are truly his followers. You notice here, you because you know there are other people, because sometimes when it talks about Jesus, there were the Pharisees and the Sadducees were present. And then they ask all kinds of questions to try and challenge Jesus. Jesus said, no, nah, this ain't that time. Those folks aren't invited to this gathering. I'll let you all think about that one. <laughs> but he, he said, these are the ones who are my true followers. And he spends time with them, and that helps him to be thankful. Oh, you know, when you're with the right people, you, you have a good time, and, and you're thankful, and, there, and there's no problems. Because those are the real ones. That's what Jesus had here. These were the real ones. These are the ones who believed in him. These are the ones who loved him. These are the ones who really followed what he said. And this is how Jesus was with friends. He said, if you want to be my friends, my friends do what I say. That's what Jesus said. So these are the people who surrounded him in this moment. The next thing is that Thanksgiving means everybody gets served. One thing about my grandma's house, it didn't matter how many times I went there or how many people were with me, everybody was going to eat. Everybody. In fact, sometimes people wanted to go with me because, <laughs> talk to me, because they knew if they came with me, they were going to eat. 
My dad, he coming back from college. Uncle Fred, I'm sure the same. Every time they went, somebody with them, they going to eat too. Because she was going to serve everybody. And she cooked like she was about to feed everybody. Sometimes my family would get there and we're like, Grandma, it's just us. And she didn't cook for 25 people. But that's just how she did. Everybody gets served. Everybody eats. Can't help but think of the story of Obed-Edom, that when the, when the Ark of the Covenant was in his house, that it says not only was Obed-Edom blessed, and not only was his family blessed, but it said everybody that was attached to Obed-Edom was blessed. That's what I'm talking about. This is what it ought to be about, that even those around you ought to get some residual blessings. That's why the word says when we give, he says he pressed down, shaking together and, and running over. I can't capture that, which is running over, but somebody next to me can benefit from what's running over because everyone who's attached to you, hallelujah, they ought to, they ought to be blessed. Somebody sitting next to you, look, point at them and say, that means you. Everybody gets, everybody gets served. So when, when Jesus was, was making manifest this miracle and he said, bring me the two fish and bring me the five loaves. And they're like, Lord, that's not enough. That, 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 won't, that won't reach everybody who's in the audience. But what I came to tell you is that there was something that they didn't understand about Jesus is because Jesus said, I'm about to put my hands on it. <laughs> It said he, he broke it and he blessed it. He, he broke it and he blessed it. That means he put his hands on it. And, and I came to tell you when Jesus puts his hands on it. Oh, there's not a situation in my life that I don't want Jesus to put his hands on it. And in fact, the thing about it, the only reason he hasn't put his hands on it is because you still have your hands on it. He said if you let go of it. He said, I'll take it. I want you to get that. He said, if you'll let go. He said, I'll take it. He couldn't break it as long as it was in the disciples' hands. He couldn't break it and bless it as long as it was in the little boy's hands. But when he put it down and Jesus picked it up, it said he broke it and he blessed it. And he broke it and he blessed it. So that means it was still something in his hand. And every time he passed something out, he had something else to break. I don't think you got that. I said every time he passed something out, he still had something in his hands that he had to break. And what God is saying to you, he's saying that if you'll let me have it. He said every time I break it, he said I have something else for you. Every time I break it, he said I'll take even, get this, I'll take what you already have. You don't have to go find anything else. He said, but I'll take what you already have. Pointed your neighbor and said, God said, I'll take what you already have. He didn't tell the little boy to go get some more bread. He didn't tell him to go fishing and find some more fish. But he said the two fish and the five loaves that you already have. He said, if you give it to me, he said, I'm going to break it. And I'm going to bless it. And I'm going to multiply what you already have. He told the widow when she needed some more, he asked her, what do you already have that's in your house? And I came to tell somebody the revelation for next 
next in your life is not coming from the outside, but it's coming from the inside. God saying, what do you have that's already in your house? He said, I'm going to use what you already have. You're looking on the outside. You think you need to move. But God says, I'm going to use what you already have. So it said he blessed it. And he broke it. I said he blessed it. And he broke it. And he kept doing that. till he went from two fish and five loaves to feeding 5,000 men. Somebody say 5,000 men. I don't know how many more times God has to multiply what you already have. But somebody say give it to Jesus. If you give it to Jesus, he said I'll take what you have and I'll make sure it's enough. Somebody right now, you're worried about a bill that they put in your mailbox. Jesus said turn it over to me. He's saying let me have it. And he said I'm going to take your increase. He said I'm going to break it. And I'm going to bless it. I'm going to take the little check that you picked up on Friday. He said I'm going to break it. And I'm going to bless it. He said give me your account number. He said let me put my hands inside your account. And while my hands are in there I'm going to break it. And I'm going to bless it. The doctor said, you're not going to make it. But let me reach in your body for the little health you do have. And he said, I'm going to break it. He said, and I'm going to bless it. You don't need to ask anybody else. But he said, give it to me. Hallelujah. Give it to me. He said, and I'll break it. And he said, I'll bless it. He said, I can do it. Abominably above. Somebody say, oh. Somebody say, oh. oh. You can ask a thing. Everyone's standing on your Put those hands together and look high. Hallelujah. Somebody say, Hallelujah. 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 What I found. What I found with God is that it doesn't take much. Some of you think you don't have enough, but with God, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. Jesus put it this way. He said, if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, you can speak to yonder's mountain. Jesus was talking about the biggest land formation in the area. And he compared it to, he juxtaposed it to the side of a mustard seed. He said, if you take this mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain. Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and you shall have that you, that, that you asked. And this is what I like most about what he said. He said, and nothing will be impossible to you. Point at somebody and say nothing will be impossible to you. Nothing. Nothing will be impossible to you. God can, God can work with a little bit. 
He can work with a little bit. So, so that's why I'm in teaching us to be thankful, to be grateful and understand how blessed we are. Not only in situations where we can't reach anybody. When you're in a position where what you have is not enough, you ought to say thank you. Because that's when God says, I, I'm going to step in. Paul said, when I'm weak, then, then I'm strong. When I, when I feel most conflicted, when I feel the weakest, that's when God steps into my situation. So when I, somebody put it this way, when I'm down to nothing, God is up to something. When I'm down to nothing, when I, when I don't have anything else to, to give, I can be thankful in that moment because I know in my heart, I know by my experience that God is up to something. My friend says, and he says it this way, God's up to something, and you're right in the middle of it. If you feel like you're in the middle of it right now, come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah! 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 Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for this word of encouragement, this word that comes to challenge our faith, Lord, even in this moment. Some of us feel like we're in desperate places where we're down to nothing, but this word comes to remind us, Lord, that you can work with little things. In fact, you told us to forsake not the days of small things. Because when we're down to nothing, Lord, you're up to something. Help us in this moment, Lord, to be thankful, to, to be grateful, and Lord, to recognize how blessed we are. Lord, because we're not by ourselves, Lord, you're right there with us. And for that, Lord, we say thank you. For that, Lord, we say thank you. For that, Lord, we say thank you. Touch us even on this week, Lord, and strengthen our hearts, our minds, and our resolve to hand over to you those things that have overwhelmed us. And when we give it to you, Lord, let us let go of it completely, Lord. And then our hearts and minds begin to praise you in advance for what we know you're about to do. And Lord, we claim these things, we claim these blessings right now in Jesus' name. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we pray that you will live thankful on this week, this day and every day, until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.